1: Alright, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. The bye week is behind us. I'm your host, Ralph Marlborough. As always, it's Monday, so we're joined by Andrew Jude, who was late calling into the podcast because he just won his club tennis championship, singles and doubles for the second year in a row. But Andrew just informed me that the trophy that he gets, seven-year-olds, that, per, that participate in soccer, they get the participation trophy. Their trophy is better than your trophy, Andrew. Is that correct? Your trophy is like a $4 trophy that you could find in the gutter?
0: Yeah, it's like the participation trophy where the kid, like, gets handed and he looks at it and he scoffs at it and he's like, hey, man, can I get, like, a toy car or a free PlayStation <laughs> game for this or something? So, uh, you know, yeah, it's cool. It, it's definitely, uh, you know, the, the positive is I get bragging rights over uh, – the, uh, my peers at the club, and certainly the the reign of terror of Juge is, is in full effect at the Abhorred Head Club in Charlottesville. But uh, beyond that, um, the trophy is so bad that I bring it home, and my wife looks at it in disgust and says, Get this out of my
1: house. <laughs> she so, doesn't even say, Congratulations, uh, honey. She just yeah, says, so No. That's it's right. Not
0: that's right. So all of my trophies are banished to my office. And they sit at my, uh, my
1: desk, my window sill at work, where uh, my colleagues get to look at them and mock me. Oh, man, That's ter- that is tremendous. You, you, are, you are a club champion, and the wife is like, no, you're not putting that up anywhere in the house. Not in the man cave, not in the bathroom, nowhere. <laughs> um, so the Saints had an off week. They didn't lose. Um, Jonathan Vilma may or may not play this week. Um, Andrew, the way I look at the Saints the next three weeks, or oh, really even, I would say the next the next two weeks are going to decide, to me, whether this team, this Saints team, are they going to fall in the abyss and be like a three- or four-win team, or are they going to dig their way back and dig their way out of the hole and get to seven, six, seven wins? And I think the next two weeks are going to tell the tale.
0: I agree. I think this week is, if they can win this week, Um, there may be a little renewed um, interest from the fans. I think uh, people start to get a little excited again. Um, And then there's a high-profile game in Denver, um, you know, against Peyton Manning. And, uh, you know, I think if they can go into that game two and four, I think we're all um, kind of excited, thinking, all right, maybe we can get back to three and four. And I think there's going to be more and more talk if the Saints win this game. About the season where 2007, where yep. they uh, started 0 and 4 and were managed to claw back to 4 and 4. Um, so I think you'll 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 hear more of that if they're able to win on the road this week.
1: So we'll see. Yeah, and I think that I think if they win, if they can, if they can figure out a way to beat Tampa, they get Joe Vitt back the next week, and I think that will give them a boost and, and it'll get them back to really sort of normal. Aaron Cromer can go back to the line, and I think it'll help them, but. They've got a lot of work to do. I mean, they're they're banged up. Um, Vilma may or may not play. We'll get to that. But uh, Steve Spagnuolo, it seems to me, the one thing I, I – mean, people are criti- cr- critical of him. But the one thing I like about him, Andrew, is to me he's proven after five weeks. He is not a guy that is set in stone and is saying, look, I have this system and we're going to run this system and I don't give a damn if it works or not. My system works and just run it into the ground. To me, that guy is trying freaking everything. He is blitz, no blitz, cover. I mean, he's throwing everything against the goddamn wall. And as a, as a fan, Andrew, of, of a historically bad defense, I like that attitude of he is desperately trying to find anything that works consistently. And do you see any hope of anything that they can do Consistently on defense, that's not going to be atrocious. Do you see any signs of it at all?
0: Well, I'm with you on Spags and his mentality, and, and I think it, it's so important to have coaches like that. I think it's what makes Deshaun Payton so great. Is you've got to be able to adapt um, almost on the fly. Yeah. And even when even when you're doing well, you've got to self scout. You've got to you know look for tells. You've got to you got to adapt, and and the the league, the coaching is so and the players are so smart, and they, you know, in this day and age with all the footage and the video that they have, I mean, they're in the classroom studying so much. You really have to um, be one step ahead. And I, I think if if you have this attitude that this is my defense, this is the way I run it and I'm, I'm going to stick to it, um, that, that doesn't fly anymore. I think that maybe fly in the Ditka years yeah. you know, back in the 80s when he was like, you know, I'm going to have a big offensive line and a big fullback and I'm going to run the ball down your throat and run it some more, and I'm going to play tough defense and, and tackle, and, and everything's going to be around the line of scrimmage, and, you know, I think that used to work in the old days, but um, it, it doesn't anymore, and I, I look back at a coach like Jim Hazlitt, and he was yeah. what I, I, I perceived as a kind of an old-school, hard-headed coach stuck in his ways, and um, when he had the right personnel, when things were firing on all cylinders, um, it worked really well, and he had a good scheme, but I think his main problem was how hard-headed he was and not adaptable. And I think we saw that over the years people catch on and it gets stale. Um, and, you know, I think to an extent Greg Williams is the same way. I think he says, you know, this is what we do. And and uh, right, wrong, or indifferent, it, it, we're, we're going to run the same defense. We're not going to change it. And um, I, I just don't think in this day and age it works as well. And so, um, no, I agree with you. You know, as bad as, as the Saints defense has been – and through five games, basically the worst ever. Um, I think you have to appreciate the fact that Fagnola is willing to think outside the box and he's willing to try different things in order to mix it up. And he's not, he's not got this attitude of, um, well, if my defense isn't working, we're going to keep trying the same thing. And when, when you do that, you're basically putting it on the players. You're saying there's nothing wrong with my scheme. Yeah. Um, the players just can't execute it. Um, but I think he's saying no. I've got to do a better job, and I appreciate. Look, he sucked, and he he'll be the first to tell you that um, he hasn't done a good job. But um, I appreciate the fact that he's owning up to that and at least doing everything he can to think outside the box and improve it.
1: Yeah, and you know we we talked about it. I'm gonna, I think the last time I had you on, that the Saints sort of, and I said it in my column, the Saints sort of have two defenses, and, and you brought this to my attention. They have the defense where. They could put Bunkley in, and Cedric Ellis, and Cam Jordan, and Will Smith, and they have Lofton, uh, you know, and hopefully Hawthorne at linebacker, and they can sort of shut down the run. They they proved it against Washington, and other other times when that defense has been, they're not atrocious against the run, and they really they don't get shoved around at the point of attack, or they can, but they can't, but they can't get any pass rush, so the quarterback has eight nine seconds to throw, or they can go. Martez Wilson at one end, Gallette at one end, maybe put Will Smith at tackle, Cam Jordan at tackle, and they can get a little bit of a pass rush, but they get literally run over because Martez Wilson and, J- and Junior Gallette can't set the edge and they get bulldozed. So, yeah. against Tampa, what do you think they'll see? Because Tampa.
2: The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favourite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that—he is! And you will not believe where he's going next—the Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When
0: you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slash-with-amex.
1: I can't throw the ball, so my my initial thing was they'll go run defense. But what do you think they'll? What do you think of that? we'll see the majority of time against the Bucks.
0: I think uh, I think the only thing that can work is – I still think – I like Tez, I like Junior Gallad, but you, you just can't put them in as every down players. They're just not – right now, those two are just not every down defensive end. They're just not. And so, um, you know, as bad as Cam Jordan and Will Smith are getting to the passer, they're just more well-rounded players. Yeah. Um, and because of that, um, I think – and especially against a team like Tampa who looks to establish the run game and it's physical, um, I think you've got to have Bunkley, Ellis. You've got to have your bigger um, core guys in there. And I think what the Saints can do to maybe compensate, which they haven't done, is they need to abandon the the four-man rush. And so I think they need to be more aggressive in their blitzes. And, you know, look, that's what Roman Harper does best. And he needs to play near the box. He needs to blitz. and. Um, You know, I I liked how they played against San Diego, and and what you saw against San Diego is it's basically the defense saying, okay, we're going to get beat. We're going to give up chunks of yards because every once in a while they're going to call play action, they're going to catch us in a run blitz, and we're going to pay the price and and hit us over the top. And that's going to happen. But sometimes we're going to call we're going to roll the dice and we're going to hit Yahtzee or whatever or, or, you know, Snake Eyes or whatever. Whatever the, uh, I'm not very good with the whole dice Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I, I think you see where I'm going with this, but so you know, you hit Yahtzee and then you, you call a blitz and and it's play action and you run right into the quarterback for a huge sack. So um, I, I think it, you know, it's more of a high risk, high reward type of uh, style. But I think um, on first and ten, on second and seven, when you've got that shell in there, if the if the Bucks are going to try to commit to the run. I think that defense has the most likelihood of stopping it. And uh, the reason I like that even better than I do against the chargers is because the bucks actually run the ball, the chargers, you know, North Turner, he, he's pass, pass, pass all the way. And he, you know, he'll run every once in a while, maybe to keep someone honest, but that's about it. Yeah. And um, the, bucks, the bucks are a run first team.
1: Yeah. And also too, look, I'm not saying the Saints defense is, is any good. Believe me, I've, I'm, they call me Doctor Doom, my my emailers. But Josh Freeman is not Philip Rivers, and he's not—he's damn sure not Aaron Rodgers. And I know he can bounce off, and he's kind of hard to sack. But I think there is maybe a a thirty percent chance, thirty-five percent chance that F. Greer is healthy. Hopefully, Andrew, I think the Saints could hold up in coverage okay against Tampa's receivers.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, look, this offense is not that different from uh, Kansas City. I think they've got a slightly better quarterback in Freeman than Cassell was against this. And I think that their running game is um, maybe slightly worse um, than Kansas City's is. And the receivers, you know, they have Bo and then Vincent Jackson. I mean, I, I think it's about a wash in terms yeah. of their receiver, the quality of the receivers. So um, I, I think it's a similar offense. I think maybe a slightly – worse running game and a slightly better uh, uh, quarterback. And so I think, um, look, the Saints for three and a half quarters completely shut down the uh, the mm-hmm. Chiefs. I mean, before that big run by, uh, yeah, not to bring it up again, but, <laughs> yeah. um, but before that long run by Jamal Charles, they had him held at six points through three and a half quarters. So, um, Or sorry, two and a half quarters, I guess. But um, point being, uh, this defense is capable of stopping an offense like that. Or maybe not stopping them completely, but at least slowing them down to the point where they can give their offense some possessions and maybe try to get a lead.
1: Yeah, I think that I, I I still believe with all my my heart and soul that the Saints are going to get into the playoff race, maybe not totally in it, but they'll be on the edges of it because I think I still think they're going to get to 7-8 wins. That um, doesn't
0: sound like Dr. Doom to me.
1: But the <laughs> the Kansas City game, we're going to we're going to be bitching about it at some point later in the year. Um I'm telling you. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And Andrew, look, that one's
0: gonna sting. That that one's gonna sting for the rest of the year. Look,
1: Andrew, if the if the NFC was as shitty as the AFC, San Diego is gonna win tonight probably. They're up 10 nothing. They may win. But if San Diego loses tonight, there's gonna be only two teams in the AFC with winning records: Houston and Baltimore. Everybody else is gonna be three and three at best. In the NFC, you're gonna to have to get to 10 wins to get a playoff spot. In the AFC, eight and eight's gonna to get the six wild card spot, I think. So, you know, it's a bad break for the Saints that the NFC is a little bit better. But, I mean, it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Saints have a, you know have a run it have a run in them. But, I think one of the 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 things that they've, they've got to get they've got to get healthy on offense, Andrew, and they've got to get better and more consistent at running the ball. And um, to me it's looking like after 5 games Andrew that the Carolina game was the aberration of running the ball. The rest yeah, of the time I they hope, haven't they, been, they haven't been able to do it. So when do you when do you as a sort of a guy that looks at the film and grades them when do you say you know what it ain't happening this year. The running game is kaput, and you just just expect in the seventy to eighty yard range every week. And, and you're not going to get back to that top ten running game. When does that become official in your mind? Well,
0: I still think the running game has been successful with Pierre Thomas and Darren Sproles. It's really the the Mark Ingram factor. That, that's that's been uh, you know the 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 thing that's really held the running game back, in my opinion. And um, so. And Pierre Thomas, he, he's had a pretty good year running the ball. He's also had at least three or four really good runs called back by holding companies. So um, he's been a little bit unlucky in that that regard too. But um, Mark Ingram's got to get going. And I think part of the problem is um, people are seeing when he's stacked in the box or when, when he's in there is to tell that the Saints are running and so they're stacked in the box. And so yeah. um, the Saints just need to get him going. And what I think that needs to start with is, you know, they, they hit Joe Morgan when Mark Ingram was in the game. They hit Devery a couple times when Mark Ingram was in the game deep last week against San Diego. So um, I, I think that was a smart move by Carmichael. He's starting to realize that, yeah. um, he, you know, through self-scouting, which we just talked about, that, you know, hey, this is kind of a tell. Um, and so I, I think that hopefully as, as more film comes out, you know, it may take another week or two of Ingram being in the game play action and hitting a guy over the top with a big, heavy run formation. And uh, people start to respect that, and hopefully um, that takes the safety out of the box, which then allows Ingram to hopefully get more yards rushed.
1: Yeah, they're probably – how you watch from. How long does that sort of thing take? I'm of the opinion, just as, as a guy that watches the game, I'm of the opinion that basically – they're probably one more Joe Morgan bomb away from a team at least backing off the safety for a little bit of time. Like oh, I don't
0: even think it has to be a full game. I think if in the first quarter against the Bucks they're able to hit him over the top with with uh, with that a uh, run-heavy formation, um, then in the middle of that game it'll uh, it'll it'll open that up the running game for Ingram. So I'm a firm believer that. Um, the Saints can get the running game going, but right now I believe that they're going to have to open it up with the pass. And I think that it needs to happen. For for, for Mark Ingram to have a good game against the Bucs, um, it would really help him and help the Saints establish the run if they can hit the Bucks over the top in a run-heavy formation early in the game. And I think yeah. that's got to be the goal.
1: Yeah, I mean – they need they they need to me they because their they because their defense is so so horrible andrew they de- they desperately need a running game and i would even say is and this is an interesting question i'll pose to you if i said to you andrew they can either have a top 10 running game the rest of the year or you can be One aspect of the defense can go from the worst ever to mediocre. What would you choose? I think I would choose the running game because I think having a top 10 running game would help them much more than any improvements they can make on the defense just to get to mediocre.
0: Yeah. The problem right now is the defense has, or I'm sorry, the offense has no margin. You know, in other words, every time the defense steps on the field, you're like, Oh God, here we go again. And you know, (laughs) you're giving up points. Um, On the flip side, last year, the margin of error for the defense was huge because the offense was the best in NFL history. And so, um, man, you felt like any time the defense gave up back-to-back scores, you were like, whatever, we got this. You know, It's not like the offense can't put up huge chunks of yards and put up points in a hurry. So um, I think I'd pick the offense because if they can widen the margin for the defense, right now the the offense is basically playing catch-up to the defense. Yeah, um, but if the offense can get to a point where they're a top ten rushing team, which they were last year, um, then we're back to historical proportions again. And then you feel like, okay, the the worst thing if the defense keeps up where they are now, it, then it's a tie ball game. You know, it's an even playing field and both teams are holding serve. And then that that starts the table starts to turn. And I think there's less pressure on the defense. And it's like, look, all you guys really need to do is make one or two plays, and we got this.
1: Yeah, and also too, I just think if they could if they could run the ball in a way like you said it would give the it would give the defense more of a, a range and give them more breathing room, but also too, I think it would put pressure on the other team where right now if the Saints, you know, they haven't played with the lead much, but even if, you know, even if they get up on Tampa 7 to nothing, or 14 to nothing. Tampa's going to shrug and be like, eh, their defense is still terrible. We, we don't have to panic. We, we can just keep doing what we want to do. But if the Saints go, if the Saints get a running, you know, if, say they start running the ball against Tampa and they get up 14 nothing, and one of those drives is a 12-play, 7-minute drive where they run it eight times and throw it four, then Tampa's going to be like, oh, my God, we're down 14 nothing, And not only that, the Saints are pounding it down our throat and burning clock. We got to get in this game now, and then the other offense can start to press. And like you say, then you can get turnovers. Then you can get a three and out. And and I just think they need to, they need to get that running game back into the top dozen or I mean fifteen or so of the NFL. I think it would it could really really help them. But oh, no this, doubt
0: about it. I mean, you know, it, it's tough. I, I tell you this this uh, this personnel grouping of, of Tampa which has been roughly the same for the last few years. I mean, they did have a big overhaul this offseason, but um, you know, certainly this is Josh Freeman's team and Rondé Barber's team on defense. Um, they, the Saints have struggled big time. I mean, even through all the Sean Payton years, um, the games in Tampa have been tough. For the last few years, they have played the Saints very tough. Yeah, seems
1: like and they play them in tough fact, in the dome, though. that was one though. of the
0: Saints' three losses last year.
1: Yeah, seems like they play them tough in the dome, though. You know? Um, That's
0: true. Yeah, but no, no, I'm sorry. They, I'm sorry. They played them tough, the last year it flipped. Yeah, um, but previous years they would go into New Orleans and win, and then lose in Tampa. You're right.
1: I'm sorry. But I mean, that was that weird game where Peyton broke his leg, and it just you know it was. I'm sure that sideline for the Saints was utter fucking chaos in the second half. Um, but <laughs> the, the interesting thing about the Bucks is they're fourth against the run, but 31st against the pass, which almost plays into the Saints pants perfectly um their passing offense is 25th their rushing offense is 18th um I don't know what the hell that matters against the Saints because the Saints are almost like the, the prep they're almost like the pro version of West Virginia it doesn't matter how much your offense sucks when you play West Virginia in college you're going to you're going to have 400 yards and you're going to have at least 40 points um but is there any sort of matchup in the game, Andrew, that you're going to be you're going to be looking at early that you're going to say, okay, that's a that's a telltale sign for people to look at that this is going well for the Saints or it's going bad for the Saints.
0: Well, I think first of all, Rondé Barber, man, over the years, how many times has he killed the Saints just with numerous plays? So, um, you know, he, he's a ball hawk, and and uh, you know, I think the Saints just really need to take good care of the football and not turn it over because, again, we talked about that small margin for error. And, um, you know, Breeze was very close. He, he, he's kind of done this all season where he's pressed and he's made some mistakes. Um, and then the Saints can't recover because of how bad they are defensively. And he was really close to pissing that Chargers game away with that pick six that was called back, too. So, um, again, that's, that's trying to do too much. So I, I think he, he's got to be very careful with that. But I, I think if you see that game – and the Saints start to control the line of scrimmage. In other words, defensively, if Bunkley can hold. And, and, and you know, if you look at the runs this year, the Saints have done an okay job in the middle of the line of scrimmage. It's more on the outside runs that they've yeah. really gotten dashed. And part of that is, is just the, the god-awful outside linebacker play. And Curtis Lawson I think, has been solid. Um, but it's, it's really Hawthorne that's been playing on one leg. It's Will Herring. It's Shanley. Um, so the, the outside linebacker play, I think, has been poor. We'll see if Vilma plays or not. Um, but I think if you start to see the Saints really control the line of scrimmage and stop the run and force the Bucks to win with Josh Freeman, um, I, I think you got to pick Can, pretty good because they may lose some battles because, you know, again, mm-hmm. they don't get any pressure Rarely on the enough- quarterback.
1: Where are they going to put Vilma if they play Vilma? I mean, they're not going to bench Lofton, I wouldn't think. Where are they going to put there's Vilma?
0: There's no way they'll bench Lofton, and I, I don't think there's any way that they will move Lofton from the position he is. I mean, he, he's the guy on this defense now. He's the middle linebacker. So I, I think I think Vilma's going to have to go to strong side if he plays, and he'll probably replace Shanley would be my guess. Um, and, you know, maybe Shanley will move back to weak side. Um, but um, that that would be my guess is if, if they play him at all that. It'll be in place of uh, Hawthorne, who's not going to play. How, yet.
1: Is that is that a better is that a better possibility? Is that a better combination than, than what they have now?
0: I I mean I I, I can't get any worse. That's the thing, Ralph. I mean, <laughs> it, it, if, Hawthorne is, if Hawthorne is a hundred percent, then then that's a world of difference. But he hasn't been right all year. Yeah. You know, so I have I have no idea how he feels right now. And obviously, Kramer's not telling us much. And maybe we'll know more Wednesday, but. Um, I, I can't imagine that Vilma's going to step in there either and and be running like a gazelle. I mean, he's also playing on one leg. He hasn't taken a hit on it in over a year, and or I guess a little less than a year. But, my, you know, my point is he's going to be rusty. So, um, But, uh, you know, I, I, right now I, I take a rusty Jonathan Vilma at least on running downs over
1: Will yeah. Herring. Oh, my God. I take a cardboard cutout over Will Herring, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I mean, it, look, I just think the Saints team has rallied around Vilma, and I think just having him out there, even if he's on, like, even you, just like you said, look, even if he is 70% of what Vilma was or whatever, he's better than Herring, and I think it'll give the Saints, I think it'll give him a boost to have Vilma run out of the tunnel in his uniform, and I don't think, you know, I mean, I, th- I think sometimes we make too much of those things, but I think it could really matter for them. Um, you know, Vilma is, a, I would say Vilma, besides Drew Brees, Vilma's one of the leaders of the team. Um, so it could be a big thing. You know, this... I,
0: I think they've got to figure out what, what, what he can do for them, what mm-hmm. he can do that's going to be better than what they currently have. And if that's playing... In- instead of Shanley or Herring or, you know, obviously how well Hawthorne's feeling is is a big part of the equation with whether Vilma plays or not. But, yeah, I I don't think he's an every-down player in this game, but I think you get him in the situational plays where you think he's a plus and he's an upgrade over what you currently have. Mm -hmm. Um, I I definitely think it's an emotional lift.
1: Yeah, I mean, so this this game, you know, I guess – even though I've been, you know, I've sort of was sort of the, one of the leaders that like, hey, this season is it's going down the toilet fast, and I was either it's either Super Bowl or four and twelve. That was my preseason thing, but I just have a feeling that that the Saints, just like two thousand seven, Andrew, they're gonna make a move, and eventually their defense is gonna bite them in the ass because it's horrendous. But that doesn't mean that they can't scrape and claw their way and be five and six or six and five or six and six going into December. Um, so we'll see. So what, uh, before we get to the saints game, before we get your picture on that, I want to talk a little bit about Atlanta. Um, it's driving saints people. nuts, so on Twitter and on the saints blogs. I think angry, I think it was angry who who wrote a great post saying, Hey, they're lucky as shit. You know, Atlanta. they've been out game per play. They can't run the ball. um, and yet they're 6-0. and They're pulling games out of their ass. And people, you know, are saying they're not as good as the 2009 Saints, you know. And, and I tweeted, hey, this 2009 Saints, they were 5-0 and and hadn't trailed in any game uh, until the Miami game at all, you know. Um, but my comparison, Andrew, and we talked about this before the podcast, I think they're the 2010 Saints in that that 2010 Saints team, they had all the injuries at running back. But basically, like you said, before we started, they sort of did the whole season on the whole. We won the goddamn Super Bowl, and you know what? We're not losing this game. And they beat Minnesota 14 to nine. They went to San Francisco and won 20, 25-22 on a late field goal. They beat Carolina 16-14. Um, you know, they they beat uh, Dallas 30 to 27 in a, a, a minor miracle comeback. Then the next week, it took another minor miracle. They beat Cincinnati 34 to 30. And they beat Atlanta. It was close, 17-14. And, and look, it was one of my favorite years all time, Andrew, because it was just like, where the fuck, you know, you just knew, you just believed I did every week. Breeze is going to pull this shit out. Breeze is going to pull this shit out. And he did it every week until he didn't when they went to Seattle. And that's kind of how I feel about Atlanta. Give them credit for pulling out these wins, but they're really just a garden variety 11-5 and five team that's going to get bounced in the playoffs. That's what they look like to me.
0: Well, I think that's the hopeful Saints fan version of, uh, (laughs) you know, what's going on. But I I think the reality is this. I think um, you kind of navigate through your regular season, and it puts you in a position in the playoffs. And, look, if the Falcons put themselves in a position where they're a top seed in the NFC and, you know, the two, two playoff games go through the Georgia Dome, you know, and that's the road to the Super Bowl, I, I wouldn't bet against them. I mean, sure. You know, I, I think if, if the Giants come in or a team that can run it down their throats, absolutely. I, I think that they they could they could get their asses handed to them. There's no doubt about it. And they have some some serious weaknesses. But um, you know, it, it's a teams that kind of keep getting lucky like that. Um, that yeah. ultimately, uh, you know, San Francisco was, was a, a sneeze away from the uh, from the Super Bowl last year, and and it was yeah. How many games last year did the 49ers pull out of their ass? You know, yeah. and, and I remember at the end of the season, we were all thinking, oh, the Saints are going to catch him. The Saints are going to catch him. Well, the Saints ended 13 and 3, and they didn't catch him. So they had to go on the road. But we all felt pretty good about that game because the Saints were looking so much better, and they, the, the fashion with which they were winning was impressive. And the 49ers, I mean, I remember towards the end of the season, we were looking at their schedule and being like, are you kidding me? Like every week they play these dog shit teams and they're winning in very similar fashion to the way that Atlanta's winning right now. Now, granted, they had a really good defense, but my point is Alex Smith was pulling these, these games out of his ass and no one really had faith in Alex Smith as a viable quarterback. And then the Saints come into town and it's the playoffs and they come in and they knock the shit out of the Saints and they win the game. And so my point is, Atlanta could end up being a team like that. And and I know that you can't. I'm not one of those believers that you can look at history and just say, um, oh, well, they're awful. They scored two points last year, and the year before that, they Mm -hmm. blew it against Green Bay. Um, I I, I just think every year it's a different team, and and you can't, you know, it has no bearing. And and if history had a bearing, then the Saints would never have won the Super
1: Bowl. Yeah. no, I, I I agree with that. The one thing I will say about Atlanta, though, is the, those playoff failures, they do, as a Saints fan that watched all four of Jim Mora's playoff losses in person, they do wear on the stadium. And the stadium, oh, no doubt. The stadium, I mean, that Eagles game, they got up, the Saints got up 20-6, to 6, and it was a party, and, you know, Vaughn Dunbar was scoring touchdowns, and it was like, man, it is, it is a party. They had people around me like, we are going to Dallas, this is great and then it got to be 20 to 13 and then Randall Cunningham hit a miracle bomb and you look up and it's 20 to 20 and you could just feel that stadium going oh shit we are losing a fourth playoff game in a row you can feel that tightness and you know it takes a, it sort of takes a lot to break through that i mean san diego couldn't do yeah. it with, with schottenheimer it takes something really monumental to sort of push push through all that crap and it'll be it'll be interesting i mean look the saints aren't catching them um, nobody's catching them in the NFC. They're gonna They're gonna win. They're gonna win 11, 12 games, and we'll just have to see. Um, but what's your sense of sort of where of of Jesus God? That's uh, some dude for the Denver was so wide open, a white guy. He should have ran for a touchdown, but he fell over. Uh, <laughs> um, what's your sense of this because because really if we're clinging to anything as saints fans we're clinging to the saints can slip into the sixth seed in the nfc i mean would you not agree that's the sort of hope that we're clinging clinging to
0: yeah i think that's the only i mean that that's unrealistic i think anything else is beyond a pipe dream so yeah. yeah i think we're we're clinging to the unrealistic hope of the last wild card and look that's how the giants got in yeah. last year and um you know, I, I, the year they won the, before that, I think they got in under similar circumstances. So um, I, I think you got to hope this year that the Saints are one of those teams that gets hot late in the season, kind of sneaks their way into the playoffs in the last week, um, and then goes on the road and then just starts owning people. And, yeah. and uh, well, you know, that bag somehow puts his defense together late.
1: Well, what here's my question, though. You've seen – you've watched the games. You know what's going on. So we've played – you know, we've had six weeks – um the saints are one and four looking at the if in your opinion in the nfc what is the six seed going to be is it going to be a nine and seven team because if it's more than nine and seven the saints ain't getting there that's my opinion i don't yeah,
0: no, i i i mean i i again like i said it's unrealistic I, I don't think the saints are making the playoffs at all this year but um yeah, I think. I mean, it's not going to be eight and eight. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that you can pretty much piss goodbye by immediately. So, um, I, I think nine and seven is is going to be, I mean, best case scenario. Now, the good news is the Saints do play a lot of these teams. Yeah. Um, you know, now they still have six remaining divisional games, two of which are against Atlanta, who they can't really hurt anymore. So that, that that's kind of too bad because the six and zero Atlanta thing.
1: And, yeah, uh, I gotta, I gotta break in, Andrew.
0: Raiders, they roped me in, those bastards. Yeah. They, gotta, they had me hoping for a minute there. I, I should have known better, but they were just gonna rip my heart out. Well, um, but yeah, unfortunately, those two games are. I mean, the Saints need to win them, but it's not really gonna help them because they're so far behind. But um,
1: well, and, I mean, yeah,
0: I, I, I'm almost thinking it's gonna take ten wins, Ralph.
1: I mean, to me, Andrew, if you told me. Right now, if you said, look, the Saints can go into the final week mathematically alive for a playoff spot, or you can have what's behind door number two, which might be 11 wins or a great winning streak or whatever, I would sign up for that in a heartbeat. I don't care if it takes a team getting swallowed up by the core of the earth. Because to me, if the Saints... Climb back from zero and four to be mathematically alive. The last week, I consider that a win. Um, Peyton Manning just threw a horrendous interception. Peyton, save that for two weeks, baby. Um, <laughs>
0: uh, um, so, so you're saying, so you're saying that well, what's the what's the alternative? Just the mystery door? You have no idea.
1: Mystery door. It could be it could be twelve and four. It could be two and fourteen. It's a
0: it mystery.
1: Be the first pick in the NFL it's draft. The first pick in the NFL draft. It's a mystery door. But you get the mystery door number two, or you get door number one. The Saints are mathematically alive for a playoff spot. They don't control their own destiny. None of that. They're just mathematically alive going into the final yeah, week.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, obviously. I mean, that, that's a no-brainer. I think I take the. Um, I, I, I take the um, the, the mystery I take the other door. The guarantee that. Look, if the Saints are still in it in week seventeen. And they've got something to play for. Now are you telling me they're mathematically in it where stuff needs to happen or are you saying they control their own destiny?
1: No, it's so math. they're just mathematically alive. They may need three yeah. te- they may need three teams to, may need teams to lose, they may need two teams to lose, they may need two teams to lose and score fifty points. Like it could be any kind of scenario. But they don't control well, their own destiny. They're just alive. As
0: long as long as the scenario is not like two teams have to tie, I mean as long as it's not something absurd that just has zero chance of happening. As yeah. long as it's like, you know, a couple teams have to lose and the Saints have to win, something like that, absolutely. I mean, it just makes it more fun, you know, that you're rooting for something and you believe you yeah. still have a chance. Because and look, I, and look. the bottom line is this Breeze is so
1: good. If the Saints just get in,
0: if they just yeah. get in, I don't care how, we'll have faith that they can somehow find a way.
1: Yeah, and I mean, look, if you're alive in the last week, crazy shit can happen to put you in and it can happen to put you out. I mean, I remember – one year and Jim has it. The Saints were seven and eight and I think Carolina was eight and seven. And basically everybody was like, whoever wins that game between the Saints and Carolina is going to the playoffs because all that has to happen is Minnesota needs to beat Washington who's like three and twelve. And the Saints ended up winning, but Washington ended up housing Minnesota when they were like a two touchdown underdog, and the Saints ended up not going. So if you're if you're alive the last week, you always have a chance. You never know what the fuck is going to happen that last week. Um, yeah, but,
0: unfortunately, I really think it's going to be ten and six because I'm looking at the standings right now. Yeah. Um, and the NFC has five teams with losing records. The AFC has eight. <laughs> and um, man, so you've got your three division leaders um, who you know. You, don't worry about them, obviously, because you're thinking wild card at this point. So you've got three other teams besides the division winners that four – I'm sorry, four teams that are four and two. And the Saints are one and four chasing four four and two teams.
1: For two spots. For,
0: for two spots, yep. So um, basically right now there two and a half games out um, having with ten games left. So, um, you know, I, there's really I, – I think – I think you look at that, and I don't, I think if they went eight out of their next ten to make up two and a half um, on four teams, um, that's, man, that's, uh, that's (laughs) close. I think, I think that's what it's going to have to take, though. well, We'll see. The Saints are, I'm sorry, the Saints have played five. So I think the Saints can only lose really. Uh, realistically, two more. They've well, got win thought, eight out of their next. 11. I will say this: hopefully, out of their next
1: 11. hopefully teams start beating up each other because you got you got San Francisco playing Seattle, Arizona. I watch them; they're not getting the eight wins. Their quarterback play is atrocious. I don't care how good their defense is; their quarterback play is atrocious. I'm telling you right now, they're four. I think I think
0: San Francisco is going to pull away
1: with that yeah. division. Seattle Seattle's got a damn good defense. They their defense is their defense is frighteningly good. If the Saints. Had, if I could pick three players off of Seattle's defense and put them on the Saints, the Saints would be a Super Bowl contender. The, the oh,
0: I would love to pick three players off any defense <laughs> in the NFL, including the Browns.
1: Oh, my goodness. Um, so let's get to Tampa. If the Saints are going to have any hope miracle in them, they better start winning. So give me your prediction on what is going to happen in Tampa.
0: Oh, so does this assume that I think they're going to win?
1: Well, you know, you give me your game prediction and tell me what's going to happen.
0: Okay. No, I I think the Saints win. Um, I think it's going to be an ugly football game. I think uh, we're going to see some turnovers from both sides, and it's going to be nerve-wracking till the end. Um, But ultimately, I think what will save the Saints is, I think, Roman Harper (laughs) is going to have another good game. I think he will either get a forced fumble or a crucial sack or something. Um, and I believe the Saints will do a better job of running the football because they've had two weeks to game plan for this yeah. and prepare. So I think the Saints will do a better job. I think Roman Harper is going to come up with a big play of some sort, and it won't be an interception this time. <laughs> we can't we can't uh, wear out our welcome. The
1: next safety interception <laughs> is scheduled for December 10, 2014. <laughs> 2014,
0: yeah. Right. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I still think um, the Saints are getting a little healthier um, in the receiving core, and I, I think Marcus Colston is going to have another big game. So um, I, I, I think you're going to see something like Saints 27, uh, Buccaneers 24. And,
1: uh, does that mean you know, hard- if we can that- hold
0: them to 24, that, that's pretty good. Does that
1: mean Hartley might come into play again?
0: Hartley comes into play, and I'm predicting a last-second Hartley oh My
1: Goodness, that's a lot of dr- that's a lot of Sunday, that's a lot of Sunday drink. It's gonna be a lot of early drinking this weekend, Andrew, because we got the Saints at yep. the Saints at 12. We got LSU at 11, which, being in Houston, I'm surrounded by Texas A&M fans, Texas and fans, and they are fucking bent because this was the game that they were most looking forward to, and now they get no tailgating. Because it's eleven o'clock kickoff, but I think it works out great for LSU because offensive line Andrew, as you have as you have said many times breaking down the film, offensive lines that struggle always struggle more on the road, and I think the yep. eleven o'clock kickoff really really helps LSU because those fans aren't going to have enough time to drink and party. And get really riled up as if it was a night game or even an afternoon game. So totally off topic, I think that helps LSU tremendously.
0: I feel good about LSU. I, I think both spreads are actually three points this week. Yeah. Um, in favor of the good guys, and I feel a lot better about taking LSU and three and giving three away than uh, than taking the Saints and giving three.
1: Oh wow. Interesting. Well, I felt really good about LSU against Florida, and I was completely wrong about that. But I did have the pick right uh, this past week. So anyway, Andrew, go to everybody. Go to Saints Nation. Andrew will have a preview. Um, he'll have all the grades next week. Hopefully, it'll be fun grades and not a bunch of D's and F's. So go there, and uh, you know, Andrew. Hopefully, we can be chatting about uh, a win streak next week. I'm hoping
0: for it,
1: now. All right, okay. All right. Brandy Andrew Jude, I'm Ralph Marlboro, So long. Be